Hey peeps, it's Mr. Fretz from the Game Changer Podcast. Now normally on a Friday, you'd be getting ready for your weekend by listening to Light the Fuse from the YLP Podcast by our good brother Zach. However, if you follow Zach on his social medias, you will know that he is uh, taking a brief mental health break just to uh, get everything in check. Uh, Zach, I just want to give you my, my prayers, my positive vibes, my love, and uh, you'll get through this, bro. Just uh, take the time that you need, and it, mental health, folks, it's, it's a top priority. Be sure to take care of yourselves, to love yourselves. Now, with Zach's blessing, I'm going to be giving you all a free preview edition of a show that you would normally find on the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon, Fretz's Fave 5. Stay tuned. Wrestling fans of all ages, shapes, sizes, genders, and everything in between, it is time to go to war and be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the revolution. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings podcast. What's going on, guys? It is I, the one and only Quiet Riot himself, Zach, your host of the Young Lions Perspective. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Greetings, one and all. This is your Prime Minister speaking, your favorite Canadian, Mr. Fretz. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the and Great from the Game Changer podcast. If you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real, then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening to you are listening to you are listening then you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on, everybody. This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Now enjoy the show. Are you ready? And welcome, everybody, to this free preview edition. We'll call it a Patreon teaser edition of Fretz's Fave 5. I'm Mr. Fretz from the Game Changer Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TheLegendaryJF. And as I've said before, this show is available exclusively on the WrestleAddict Radio Patreon for only 5 bucks a month. You get shows such as this, a weekly list-based topic of five things in wrestling that I like, whether it's my moments of the week or insert topic here. You get the secret files with with, uh, Good Brother Zach, something you don't know until you press play, and also Willie T's Wrestle Wars, to name a few. Now today, day of recording, which is Thursday, September the 17th, we are eagerly anticipating the return of NXT UK that'll be airing in just a couple of hours. However, I will be going to work as soon as the event starts, and I'll be enjoying it before recording the podcast with Nate tonight. In light of that, I'm giving you my fave five UK wrestlers ever. This kind of branches off of a topic I believe Jermaine came up with. Shout out to Jermaine, my good brother from across the pond and fellow Chiefs fan. Let's go for two in a row. (laughs) Uh, 
this isn't going to be my fave five NXT UK wrestlers because half of them aren't from the United Kingdom. And in this, I'm going to be including wrestlers that are from England, Scotland, possibly Ireland, Wales, the entire that entire part of Europe. And I don't intend to offend anyone from Wales, Scotland, or Ireland, because I don't think they like to be called British. Uh, forgive me if I'm wrong. Uh, Jermaine, you can definitely tell me if, if I'm wrong there. I know people from Wales. I know people from Ireland, and I think neither of them like being called British. Anyways, I've had more than enough waffling. I'm going to give you number five. Ah, uh, the Bruiserweight, Pete Dunn. Uh, former NXT UK, UK champion, former NXT tag champion, and of course uh, him and Matt Riddle were the winners of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Classic earlier this year. And I loved that comedic, strange bedfellows duo but uh, Pete Dunn is someone that came into my radar during the inaugural UK championship tournament where he was uh, a big time dastardly heel one of the 16 men that were competing in that tournament defeating Roy Johnson uh, and Sam Gradwell and Mark Andrews to go into the finals where he lost against Tyler Bate and Dunn was infamous throughout that entire tournament for being a poor sport and a heel and even had a couple of stare down moments with William Regal and I just thought spitting image here he reminds me his heel work reminds me a little bit of Regal because Regal was a bit of a guy who did joint manipulation himself but Pete Dunne took that to a whole other level and it basically basically became one of his submission finishers he can make that wrist breaking stomp move look absolutely disgusting and i love that uh we haven't seen pete dunn in recent months he's he's probably uh, still in the uk because we are of course in quarantine times and hey maybe by the time you hear this he will have popped up on nxt uk maybe he's the wild card in the royal cup which i would be absolutely fine with it would make him a favorite to win the tournament, that's for darn sure. But personally, I would love to see Alexander Wolf win it. Maybe it's the uh, German ancestry in me, or maybe it's the fact that Sanity should have had a better showing than they did on the main roster. And I didn't mention this at the top of the show, but not only am I giving you my fave five, I'm going to sneak in there my fave five matches by these performers now. Pete Dunne, there's a lot. There's a lot that I could choose from. If I followed him from uh, Progress and Michinoku Pro, Rev Pro, and Chikara, I would have several. But, you know, I'm I'm not much of an indie guy, uh, unfortunately. But my favorite match with Pete Dunne has to be the one he had against Valter last year at... Was it takeover New York? Takeover 
yeah, whatever the takeover was for WrestleMania weekend last year, uh, where he dropped the UK title to to Valter, ending his title reign at 685 days, which is just crazy. I mean, that that's way more than CM Punk's. That's about a CM Punk reign and a half. Uh, Pete... Pete Dunn is someone I think he has a very bright future. He is still he is still a very very young man. He's only 26. Oh my gosh, he's that young. Oh, I got 10 years on Pete Dunn. Holy smokes. Yeah, Mance and I, the uh the elder statesman, the Statler and Waldorf of WrestleMania Radio. Hi Mance. <laughs> so, yeah, my number 5 is Pete Dunn and I hope I see more of him in the UK because well, you can't come to NXT USA. You might as well stay over there and put on some bangers. Why not? Number four. The current WWE champion at time of recording, Drew McIntyre. Now, ever since Drew came to the WWE and what, was it 2006, 2007? I thought he was going to be something. I mean, yeah, he debuted as a mentee to British wrestling legend Dave Taylor, uh, notable for his run in WCW and tagging with William Regal, even at that point. And... Also, how good was this entrance theme? How good was Broken Dreams? Uh, yeah, Mac, but uh, McIntyre really gained his prominence in 2009 when he returned on the SmackDown brand, uh, basically disregarding his previous time on WWE TV and his uh, kilt-wearing, uh, aligning himself as a heel, attacking R-Truth, using the double underhook DDT the Scott drop thankfully renamed the future shock and then just then Frankie Kazarian's ears pricked up because I believe that was either his or Chris Saban's finisher move at the same time but a different move entirely so it's okay uh you know McIntyre continued to attack truth for the coming weeks and then he got what ended up being the kiss of death and it was when Vince McMahon introduced McIntyre as a future world champion I mean he is one now like 11 years later but still McIntyre is a guy that should have had this run in like 2011 but he had some problems I think there was some things with his then wife or girlfriend who was also working for the company I can't really remember what it was and I'm perusing Wikipedia as I record here and I'm, I'm not going to get into it but if you know you know uh, he had a he had a decent run as Intercontinental Champion and had a what I thought was a decent tag team run with uh, with Cody being another strange bedfellows tag team that I really enjoyed uh, I thought they could have had a, a better run he would have, you know, Drew McIntyre would have a whole bunch of random matches here. My favorite match 
from Drew McIntyre. That's actually a really hard choice. But I did I did like the tag match. I think it was him and Ziggler against Roman and The Undertaker last year. I really enjoyed that one. His match against Brock Lesnar at Mania this year wasn't so much of a match as it was like seven Claymores and six suplexes and four F5s. But it was to show how much of a beast he was. But no, the Royal Rumble this year, there it is. After Brock just literally disposed of one-third of the Royal Rumble match, out comes McIntyre to uh, Claymore kick him right out of the ring. So that's my that's my favorite Drew McIntyre match. And I'll say this is an unpopular opinion, but I friggin' loved 3MB. I mean, these were three guys that weren't going much of anywhere on the roster, so why not have fun with a crap gimmick? I don't think Drew looks back at this time very fondly, but it gave us WLC. I mean, come on. that <laughs> That's one of the most underrated gimmick matches ever. You got Hornswoggle, who can actually work. I mean, if you watch some of his uh, ACW Wisconsin stuff, he can go. And El Torito, who I believe was also a small person wrestler, out of out of Mexico, I think. But yeah, Drew McIntyre, number four. Now on to number three. I'm afraid I have some good news. Number three is the former leader of the Nexus, current NXT commentator, Wade Barrett. Yes, the Barrett Barrage is number three. Now, of course, Wade uh, gained prominence during the inaugural season of NXT, back when it was uh, a crap game show instead of uh, the black and gold brand that we know and love today. Uh, Barrett won, surprisingly, the first season of, of NXT. Spoilers if you haven't seen a wrestling game show from 10 years ago. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I'm Canadian. I have to apologize for everything. It's by law. Anyways, uh, Wade wins the first season of NXT, ousting internet darling and favorite Daniel Bryan, but I believe Wade beat someone else in the finals. Defeating... Oh, he, he defeated Gabriel and Otunga in the... David Otunga made it to the finals of NXT. Yikes. So, of course, they made history on June 7th, 2010 episode of Raw, where Wade Barrett was at the forefront of an attack by this entire season of the NXT rookies, attacking their pros and and everybody. Interfering in a main event match between John Cena and CM Punk, attacking both of them, Straight Edge Society, uh, Daniel Bryan getting briefly fired for joking, choking Justin Roberts with a tie, uh, and and then some. So, the Nexus I've talked about before on like my fave five missed working opportunities or something. I think Nate and I even talked about it on an old episode of the Game Changer podcast, so check that out if you want to hear my full feelings about that. But 
The Nexus was cursed. I mean, you had Ryback went down with an injury. Uh, Darren Young went down with an injury. Michael Tarver just left. And yeah, they should have won at SummerSlam 2010. That's the that's the hill I'm dying on. So the band that did NX Nexus's theme, uh, 12 Stones, they friggin' rock. Did you know they're Christians? Uh, yeah, I did because I've been a fan of them since like 2003. Anyways, Wade Barrett is someone who, in my mind, should have been the WWE champion. He should hi truck. He should have been the WWE champion in 2010. Should have beat Cena for it and had a run with it and dropped it to, I don't know. They teased the feud with Taker. Didn't they help Kane bury Undertaker alive and then nothing came of it? Yeah, that's weird. So, Barrett also had like injury problems as well, which kind of prohibited him from going anywhere above the Intercontinental title picture, which he did. He was a former... Intercontinental Champion. I think about at least three or four times he was... Five times, actually. My goodness. And a former King of the Ring. And a Slammy Award winner for Shocker of the Year. Uh, but you're you're not a two-time Slammy Award winner like Owen Hart. Now, Barrett uh, floated around, up and down. Became King Barrett. We saw the League of Nations. The Lester said about them... The better, the only remaining person of the League of Nations left in the WWE is um, is Sheamus. And, you know, Wade would uh, go away for a while, go to various uh, promotions. I think he even did some World of Sport Wrestling, uh, Lucha Underground, and probably some appearances for What Culture Pro Wrestling, or later known as Defiant. They had some good stuff, by the way. And he became... A member of the podcast team for NWA Power, debuting at Into the Fire in 20, I believe it was 2019 or early this year. This year is is a blur, man. Oh, my goodness. And just this year, August 26, on that episode of NXT, he made his return under his WWE name, not Stu Bennett, as a color commentator. Because, well, Mauro Narlo, uh, mutually agreed to part ways unfortunately tomorrow is my favorite commentator in the wwe uh and everything that he did for like mental health and and everything that uh uh, documentary i forget what it's called bipolar rock and roller i think damn that's that's some heavy heavy stuff right there I see it. Wade Barrett is my number three, but it's also because he could have been so much bigger. He could have been a champion, but there was just, I don't know. There was just something not there, at least in the eyes of the imaginary brass ring. But in my mind, the Nexus should have ruled the wrestling world. You know, Barrett as the world champion, he got like, let's see, I know Daniel Bryan returned to oppose them. But let's say hypothetically for a brief moment that Daniel Bryan didn't get fired. He'd be the Intercontinental Champion. You'd get like Gabriel and Slater as tag champs. And there you go. There's your faction running stuff in the WWE. I wouldn't mind seeing the Hurt Business with a little bit more gold. I'm just saying. Now, number two and number one 
will be revealed after this brief commercial break. Stay tuned. What's up, wrestling world? This is Will Tarasik from the Kings of the Rings podcast, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for common wrestling podcasts. T-shirts and v-necks and sweatshirts and stickers, hoodies and tote bags and socks, blankets and pillows and onesies for babies, face masks, fanny packs, mugs, from YLP, Willie T, and King Murphy Rosé, it's Kate Murphy, the HBIC, Mr. Fretz and Nate, and don't forget our delightful friend, the one and only Mance, this we are war with the Teespring store, please give our merch a chance. I couldn't resist putting this one in. <laughs> my number two is, of course, the current NXT general manager, William Regal. Hang on. L- 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 let me fix this in just a second. Such a man. Wait for it. That's better. (laughs) I couldn't resist putting the real man's man in. Remember when Daniel Bryan wrestled William Regal and he had the production truck have him come out to that match? And he's just looking at him like, You little twat. That, that was... <laughs> I'm sorry for the accents. Uh, that was really, really funny. And William Regal is an example of a guy who can make a crap gimmick kind of work. Now, let me explain that. Now, Regal, you can't tell by the look of him being all serious and and, and British and, and proper. You know, especially when he started out as... Lord Steven Regal, like your snooty, I turn my nose up at you, properly dressed Englishman. But he he also did a bit of a comedy. Like I think there was a couple of matches where he dressed as uh, dressed as a lady, uh, or he dressed as Goldust in like a Planet X Krypton phantom zone kind of switched the gimmick match so regal came out in like the wig and the gold face paint looking all <gasps> all horrified i don't know why i did hank hill there a second ago but he he loves the comedy and looking back at his career he was he was really good at it whether it was just deadpan serious or always getting his comeuppance like the feud he had with chris jericho uh, with you know Chris Jericho uh, rocking a piss in, <laughs> in Regal's tea, that's taught. Uh, and of, this, of course, led to my favorite match of Regal's. And I'm serious; this is my favorite match of Regal's. 
and it's the Duchess of Queensbury rules match from Backlash 2001. If you don't know what a Duchess of Queensbury rules match is, because there's only literally been two, I forget when the other one was, they're made up on the spot. Basically, to give the heel, William Regal, a shot, a chance to beat Jericho. Something he couldn't do at WrestleMania X7 for the Intercontinental title. However, between WrestleMania and Backlash, Jericho lost the IC title to Triple H. Now, whether Regal was the uh, the, po the proper Englishman or a mentor to Eugene or the general manager of NXT, the commissioner of the WWE, I've been a big fan. Uh, he is, Regal is someone who, who's come a long way because he's had uh, several problems with, you know, substances in the past. He started his career in the British wrestling carnival scene, which is kind of for someone who is now only in his 50s. That's something you didn't see when when Regal was starting out. That's something you saw more in the Hackenschmidt days and the uh, even the gorgeous George days. Uh, Regal came into prominence through his uh, run in WCW from like 93 to about 98, where he would come to the WWE, randomly beat draws in a match, and then with Tiger Ali Singh, but then he got sent back to uh, Dory Funk's Funkin' jo uh, Dojo, I'm sorry. And then, of course, you know, he unfortunately had addictions to uh, pain medication and Valium, and he would return as the real man's man. Oh my gosh. And of course, as I said, Commissioner wrestled a bunch. He he won a King of the Ring title in I think it was 2000 and, 2009 and had a really good feud. Really good matches with CM Punk, someone he was kind of mentoring at the time. Of course, he would go on to FCW, a.k.a. NXT. Had a great match with John Moxley down there. That's that's something that is definitely worth seeking out. I Seriously. Go look it up. Uh, yeah, William Regal is my number two. There is someone who is out of England who has taken the number one spot. Whether he wants to or not. That is a dead giveaway. Uh, the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. My number one favorite wrestler to come out of the UK, or if I can be completely honest, the entire continent of Europe. Now, Bulldog has always been someone who's been a bit of a fixture in my wrestling watching life. I started watching a little bit of wrestling around 94, around the time he would have been coming back from his WCW run. But I really started tuning in more when he was tagging with with his brother-in-law, Owen, British Bulldog and One Heart. Some of my favorite tag team champions ever, because you can just tell that they were having 
fun. And Bulldog, whether it's intentional or not, has always been one of my favorite comedic wrestlers. Uh, I've been listening to Cultaholic's classic SmackDown and classic Raw reviews, and in kind of an ironic twist, on the classic SmackDown side of things, uh, Tom Campbell and Matthew from Botchamania, who have been reviewing that side of things, they just did Rebellion 2000, a UK-only pay-per-view from, I believe it was May 2000, and that was one of Bulldog's last appearances in the company before his unfortunate passing in 2002. However, ironically, on the Raw side of things, Tom Campbell and Justin Henry are just about to get into 1995, where British Bulldog has a bit more of a presence. And we always hear about the comedic side of things, like, you know, they, they take the piss out of them a little bit, but it's because, you know, they're English. They love Bulldog, and it comes from a good place. And they, they'll always reference things like uh, SummerSlam 92, Brett, I'm effed, or always talking about his promos like, uh, where's my title shot? And I don't give a frog's fat ass. And every, I'm sorry for the accents again. And just all the funny and weird things that Bulldog would always cut in his shouty, screamy promos. And if I had to pick a favorite match from Davy Boy, well, that isn't SummerSlam 92. You have to go a few years ahead of that and go to In Your House season, I think it was called Season Beatings from December 1995. Bulldog and Brett had another match. This time for Brett's WWE World title. And that was a very bloody affair. I don't know if it was a, a bump or, or Brett Hart bladed really hard, but oof. Or did, or did Bulldog Blade? I can't remember, but I remember that match was bloody. And everywhere, there was blood all over the ring, all over like the outside of the ring. And it was a great match. It was technical. Bulldog was able to uh, show off some of his power. If you want to see some of Bulldog's true power, go look up his matches with Vader and WCW. He could deliver the delayed suplex to friggin' Vader. Like, that is impressive. And Bulldog got to uh, live, I guess, live his fatherhood dream. In, in one of, I think it was one of his last matches ever, he tagged with his son Harry, you know, a.k.a. David Hart Smith. And I, and I believe uh, David was just a teenager at the time. He might have been 16, 17 and he tagged with his dad in a match. And it's kind of a neat full circle moment that right now we're getting that with Ray and Dominic. So Davy Boy Smith, British Bulldog, my number one favorite wrestler from the UK or the entire continent of Europe, if I can be completely honest again. Uh, so if you liked the tomfoolery that I just gave you here, all the random references, all of the, the themes and whatnot then I suggest that you check out the Russell Addict Radio Patreon. It's only five bucks a month. As I've said before, you get shows like 
like this, the 20 Bell Salute, my 20-year look back on pop culture and wrestling. You get Mance's D-Light pay-per-view reviews, Wheelie T's Wrestle Wars, and so much more. Oh, not only that, 15% off of our Teespring merch. So you can get your your t-shirts and your hoodies and your tapestries and your face masks because, hey, we got to protect ourselves in these corona times. You might as well look good and be comfy doing it. So this has been Mr. Fretz. You can follow me at the legendary JF. Follow all of us at Addict underscore Wrestle, the Game Changer podcast with myself and good brother Nate the and Great at Real and Game, the YLP podcast when Zach... Uh, when Zach returns, I love you, buddy, at Suede Senator War, the Kings of the Rings podcast at K-O-T-R underscore podcast. Good brother Mance with The Delight Show at M-N underscore Delight. Be sure to join us and help us keep wrestling real and be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Frets out. Later, peeps.